the Battleship Church. And so we're trying to make sure that RCC is a battleship and not a cruise ship. Come on. Let's get Big Mike a great big hand clap. Woo! You know, some people want to put their hands back and just throw it back and just serve me. And they don't want to be a part of a clear destination and, and a ship that's going to make a difference. Battleships are about preserving and gaining territory. That's what it's about. Whereas a cruise ship, you just you just chilling. You just so turn to somebody and say, "Are you on the battleship or a cruise ship?" Tell ask them which one. And we want an answer too. Don't we need an answer? You gotta tell us something. Don't leave us hanging out there. And if you're on the cruise ship, well, we're gonna get you off the cruise ship for now and throw you on our battleship, so we can get some kingdom work done. Amen. 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 So it's about getting the kingdom work done. We're so glad to look into your happy and smiling faces and know that great things that God has for you. Amen. How many people are just glad to be in the house of the Lord again? It's just it's just a good place to be. Amen. Could have been a million other places that uh, that were not conducive, but thank God that we are here in the house of the Lord. Amen. And we're so excited about what God has to do and what he's going to speak for our church. And there's some great things that we have in store. Um, uh, God has been putting some awesome things in my heart, and I've been working with Pastor Rick with some things. So in the next coming month or so, we're going to be seeing some, hear some good news. Somebody say good news. And man, some really good news. So we're going to be working on some things to get things moving in the right direction. And as uh, the weather changes, amen, and, and it turns summertime, we want to do more praying uh, as it gets warmer because, you know, the enemy gets busy out in communities when it gets warm. And so uh, we're going to be coming not not this week or next week, but in the coming weeks, we'll be doing some early prayer uh, before service like we've done before, uh, just calling out the communities in our city, praying that the hand of God be there, that violence be low. Come on. Uh, that, that angels be dispatched on the street corners. Amen. How many people believe that God has put us here to pray for our city? Amen. That's why we're here. We're here to pray. So we're going to pray that the spirit of murder leave the city. Amen. And that the spirit of love, it is the city of brotherly love, right? That the city of love really be here for real. <laughs> for real. Amen. So we wanna, uh, we're going to be praying for that. And I'll, I'll let you know those Sundays we're going to be doing that. And we're going to ask various ones to lead those prayers as we just begin to bombard heaven. Amen. I just don't want us to be a church of strategy. I want us, well, we know growth strategy or church strategy. I want us to be a church of prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. Uh, and that's one of the things that we don't do enough of uh, today in the body of Christ overall. We don't pray enough. Amen. So I want to get you addicted to prayer. Addicted to prayer. Yeah, so that's a good thing to be addicted to, right? I grew up in a church that uh, that did a lot of praying. And, uh, you know, what we called all-night prayer, you didn't bring your pillow and your quilt. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember a couple times when the rookies came to all-night prayer, they brought their pillows and their quilts. We said, you come to prayer, you come to sleep, you know. And, and when we said all-night prayer that started, you know, uh, at 7, 8 o'clock, we went to like 6, 7 o'clock the next morning. Uh, and you prayed through the night. You travailed through the night. And so uh, we got to get some prayer warriors going on the RCC. Amen. Because there are some people who are just called and anointed to pray. Amen. Every Christian should have a prayer life. But then there are those that God has really called to stand on the wall, stand in the gap. Amen. And be prayer warriors. Amen. So we want to make sure we uh, identify the prayer warriors and we want to 
get some more prayer going on for our church and for our city. Amen? Amen. Uh, don't forget also that you can download the RCC app as well, uh, that you can keep uh, keep up to date on what's going on. Uh, Big Mind has been working really hard uh, putting the messages on the app. And so uh, we're slowly going to be transitioning where everything's going to be in the app. You're able to give an app. You're able to download the messages on the app. You'll be able to do everything. The messages will be on the app. Our calendar will be on the app. So everything's going to be uh, digital where you know we don't have to send out separate pieces and emails and stuff like that in one place. You'll be able to see everything, amen, to make it more convenient for you. So uh, if you have not downloaded the app and you have a, if you have an Android or you have an iPhone, please go to the App Store. You can download it, play with it. And um, over the coming weeks, it's going to always, you'll always be seeing something new and updated about it that's going to really be great. So we want to tell you to definitely jump on that if you haven't to be a part of it. Um, you can also leave your prayer request also on there. So uh, we're going to be uh, identifying that. So some great things that we want to put into place for our church, amen. And for those who are part of RCC, how many people are ready for the word today? Amen. Ready to jump into the word today, for there's nothing like the word. Amen. So let's jump into this. Uh, let me just get to the. So we started something last week uh, entitled Discovering Your Kingdom Purpose. And, uh, you know, I was going to make it a one-week message, but I was going to stretch it a little bit today because I didn't finish what I started last week, all right? So can I just can I just finish it? Thank, thank you, Sister Chris. Say, go ahead and finish it, all right? So uh, we had a good time last week, and, and, and we're going to kind of add, add some more to this because uh, our theme uh, this year is kingdom advancement, right? Advancing the kingdom and you advancing as a kingdom person. And so um, one of the things that I am passionate about everywhere that I go is helping people discover what God has called them to do, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm going to read some awesome scriptures, and, and I really want you to really focus in on me today. Really, don't let your mind wander and do what I used to do. If you start those and just stand up in a corner somewhere, all right? Uh, I told you when I was at church and I started getting sleepy, I just stand up because I don't want the enemy to make me miss that important part, right? Or you start thinking about what I'm going to eat. It's too early to think about lunch right now. It's only 12, so y'all... We just ate breakfast. So that nobody should be hungry, right? All right. We all we all should be charged and ready for this next these twenty minutes uh, of impact and power. Amen. So we looked at the scripture and uh, we took Ephesians chapter two verse ten out of the Living Bible. Um, and again, I want to encourage you: if you don't have a good Bible, please make sure you get a good Bible. Uh, and if you don't know which Bible to get, you can come see me after church and we'll talk about that. But make sure you get a good study Bible. Amen. Praise the Lord. You don't want to show up to class with no books, right? Even if you have an app on your phone, that's fine. But just make sure you get a good Bible, at least for home. You know, if you have a, a church app, that's fine. Not a problem at all. But, you know, when you get home and you have your good study Bible, your strong concordance, and you got all that stuff open, you can just dive in. I want to teach y'all how to study the Word. All right? I don't want to teach y'all just how to read the Word. I want to teach y'all how to study the Word of God. Amen? All right. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, uh, it is God himself, and this is what we used last week, the scriptures, I want to give a two-minute recap, himself who has made us uh, what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. All right? So right there, when we talk about purpose, your ultimate purpose is that God wants you to be a help and an asset to other people. Right? 
So God wants me to help other people. Somebody said, God wants me to help other people. All right, so look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9 out of the Living Bible as well. And it says, and let us not get tired. This is a powerful scripture we read last week. And let us not get tired of doing what is right. Because how many people know you can get weary in doing what's right? He said, don't get tired in doing what is right. For after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. So, so, so the, the bulk of, or the, the main piece of you reaping the blessing is not you being super spiritual. It's about you not getting, giving up and continuing to do the right thing. And so the Bible says don't get tired of doing the right. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one doing the right thing. Come on. And you keep trying to do the right thing. It seemed like David said this. David said when I looked at the unrighteous, it looked like they were doing everything wrong and still prospering. David said, I almost slipped when I saw that one. I, I mean, think about it. How many times have you seen people who, who are not saved, who seem like they just live any kind of life, it looks like they're doing better than you, right? But <laughs> Jack said, yeah, uh-huh. But, but, but Sodom and Gomorrah always looks prettier from the other side. Come on. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, remember Abraham and Lot? And Abraham said, whatever you want. And he looked at Sodom and Gomorrah. It looked nice. It looked like it was a greener pasture. And he chose that because of the way it looked. And sometimes uh, the enemy knows how to paint something to look more uh, delicious, <laughs> right? And more, and more appealing than what it really is, right? That, that's his job, to make something look appealing. And then the same thing he did, he's been doing that since the Garden of Eden. You know, they brought him a fruit, and he told the story around the piece of fruit. Now, whether it was an apple, a pear, a banana, we don't know. Don't, the Bible doesn't say apple. It just says fruit, okay? So, so maybe it was grapes. Who knows what it was? But at the end of the day, uh, the enemy painted a picture around a piece of fruit. And that's what he does. He loves to paint stories, false stories around stuff so that you can get tired of doing what's right. Wow. He wants you to get weary of staying in your word. He wants you to get tired of coming to church. He wants you to get tired of worshiping. He wants you to get tired of spending time in prayer. But the Bible says, don't get tired of doing what is right. I mean, that scripture alone, we can close it. We can, we can go home and take an offer on that scripture right there. I mean, that, that to me sums up our walk, right? I mean, there's so much instruction in that because he does not wants to get tired. So which means that if he's telling you don't get tired to be that there will be times when we will feel tired. Because you're saved don't mean you get tired. You don't get tired. Sometimes you don't feel like coming to church. Y'all not supposed to amen that one, but Brother Ben say amen, praise the Lord too fast. Brother Ben, we're going to talk after church. Uh-uh. Uh, there are days you know, we get up and it's like everything's going on in the house and everything's this and, you know, no one's doing this and the boys are this and this. And I'm like, you know, it's just one of those days and I'm like, yeah, we got to go to church, right? But I can't get tired of doing what's right because if I continue doing what I'm supposed to do, I will reap a blessing. It is being diligent. Somebody say be diligent. Jesus had a purpose. So when we talk about finding your, key, your kingdom purpose, let's look at this in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, a very familiar passage of scripture. The thief's purpose, now even the enemy had a purpose, has a purpose. 
right? He's not here just because. In his mind, he has a purpose. His purpose is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. All right? That, that's all he does. And when you look around in society today, all you see the enemy doing is stealing, killing, and destroying. There's nothing good that can come out of your relationship with the enemy. I know that sounds simple, but I'm going to say it again. There's nothing good. Sin produces nothing good. Sin produces nothing good. Sin produces, oh, but it felt good. You can enjoy sin for a season, but sin produces nothing good. I want that to ring out in your souls. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ said, my purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. So the enemy has a purpose, and Christ has a purpose. The enemy's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Christ said, but I have come that you may have life and have it in its fullness. Or one interpretation said, have it in abundance. Overwhelming life, right? So having a purpose. So if Christ has a purpose, you have a purpose. The three things that we said that, uh, that purpose does. One, purpose builds morale. Purpose builds morale. And we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He said, let there be a real harmony so that there won't be any splits in the church. Now, uh, church splits only happen when people are in mind in their own business. Amen. I've seen it happen. Everybody's in everybody else's business instead of their business. And if you're doing your kingdom work, there won't be no splits. Amen. And if you empower people as a church to do their assignment, come on, it won't be no splits. Amen. And that's what we want to do, empower you so you won't be trying to do nobody else's assignment but yours. Um, y'all, come on, come on. Though you've been in church for a while, you know how that goes. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're doing your kingdom assignment, how do you have time to do anybody else's? I don't have time to do nobody else's assignment because my assignment is keeping me so busy. That if I live to be 90, my goodness, that's how much work I have to do. I plead with you to be one mind, united in thought, and in what? Purpose. Purpose. Number two, purpose reduces frustration. Purpose reduces frustration. You, Lord, give perfect peace whose mind is kept on their purpose. So peace and purpose are related. Peace and purpose are related. Peace and purpose are related. All right? When you're trying to live somebody else's purpose, you're not going to have any peace. But when you are in your purpose, peace. He says, you keep them in perfect peace who keeps their purpose firm and put their trust in you. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. So what is God calling you to do? What is your purpose? Because you won't find total peace until you walk in your kingdom purpose. You are frustrated when you don't know what, what you're supposed to be doing. It's frustrating not knowing your purpose. It's frustrating just existing. That's not why God has you here. If you're breathing and you're living, God has a purpose for you. Number three, purpose allows concentration. Purpose allows concentration. It says, uh, no, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing. I love that. This one thing. And I said last week, what is your one thing? What's your one thing that God is calling you to do? 
You can't be everything to everybody. Praise the Lord. And when I stopped trying to do that as a preacher, I became focused on what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, you always try to look at people who are successful and say, well, maybe I need to sound like that. Maybe I need to do it like that. Maybe I should sing like this. Maybe I need to dress like this. Stop. Stop. Just stop trying to be like everybody else. What has God called you to do? Because what he's called you to do, nobody else can do it. Nobody else can do what you're called to do. So what has God called you to do? Whether it's at work, wherever it is, what has God called you to do? There's an assignment that God has for you to do. And the Bible says this. He says, don't put your focus all over the place. He says, put your energies on that one thing. And he said, Paul said, my one thing is I'm forgetting the things that are behind me. Because right now, my past is interrupting my future. My past memories are really messing, messing me up for where I want to go. So right now for this season, I have to focus on making sure I forget those things which are behind me and I focus on what's in front of me. Come on, F forget those old things. But Paul said, I, for me to do this, I got to focus. I, I, there, there will be seasons where God will have to have you isolated so you can focus. Now, I was the type of person that I couldn't study in school or college uh, with music blasting and everything. I needed Silence. You know, some people can have a thousand things going on. I don't know, fake man. I don't know how you study. Some people can have a thousand things going on. That's fake. And, 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 and they can study and they do well. Not me. I need quiet. I don't want anybody talking. Please, I need to go in the room. I need silence. Because I need to digest what I'm doing. Why? Why? Because I need to focus on my one thing right now. <laughs> Get that thing together, right? So he says, Focus is a powerful, powerful tool that God gives us that ability to focus that gets amazing results versus you being all over the place. You can't be all things to all people. Now, let's look at a scripture in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse number 3. We were in chapter 3, verse 13. I'm going to look at chapter 2, verse number 13. I love this scripture. Are you ready? For it is not your strength. Now, here we're talking about operating in purpose, right? It is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you. Watch this. Both to will and to work. What, is it, what does that mean? That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose. I mean, that's like, that's cheating. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than this. Oh, purpose is not abstract. It's not something that you got to just go on this long journey. He says, if you really put your heart towards the things of God, he says, he puts in you the longing and the ability to even fulfill your purpose. Oh, man. So he says, I, I, I don't leave it up to you. He says, if you put your heart towards me, he says, I put it in you and I give you the ability. So everything that God has called you to do, you have the ability to do it. That encourages me. I said, man, RCC has, is going to be a great church because if it wasn't in us the ability to make it a great church, we would never, we would not be here. That didn't, come on, we wouldn't be here. You should be encouraged. Look at this. It says, 
He is effectively at work in you. He gives you the will and he gives you the strength and the energy. So God gives you a desire to do his purpose. I mean, that's great. He gives you a desire to do his purpose. That's why you came to church and you wanted to stay home today. Because he's at work in you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why I'm here because he's at work in me. Right? He's at work and he's given you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose. Wow. God gives me the longing, the desire, and then he gives me the ability to fulfill my purpose. So whatever God has called you to do, whatever realm that it's in, whatever field that it's in, he gives you the longing and the ability to accomplish that. Look at the scripture in the book of Romans chapter 7, verse 23. But I see uh, a different law. Now, this is Paul having this conversation, right? Because all those great to know we have the ability, and I'm almost done, to do the things that God has called us to do. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I mean, I wish that it would be easy. You know, I wish we could, I can, you could all come in the middle aisle, I can wave a wand over you, or put some blessed oil on you, you know, and say, I've been praying over this oil for 10 years. I've been in fasting and praying, you know, people do that stuff. I've been fasting and praying over this oil for 10 years, or this blessed green rag. When I give you this rag, it's going to do, no, I mean, come on, come on. I mean, yes, the Bible said that Paul gave uh, 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 aprons from his body and people got healed. Yes, I believe the anointing is transferable, but, but it's... Christianity is not a, a, a wave of the hand. There are things you have to walk out. There's some things that have to be processed out. Come on, come on. Uh, uh, Jesus probably would have loved just to come and just be uh, the savior of the world, but he had to walk it out. He had to be ridiculed and crucified and crying a thorn. That was part of his process of becoming the answer to the world. So if he had a process, guess what? You have a process so that you can become somebody else's answer. You're going to become somebody else's answer. So Paul had this thing going on, right? Paul has this awesome conversation, if you ask me, about the war that's going on on the inside of him. Because Paul says, listen, I know God has a plan for me. He says, but uh, my will, I have my own will, and I have a plan for my own self. Now, has your plan ever conflicted with God's plan? I, I mean, come on. There, there's some times where uh, I, God called me to be a, I'd grown up in the church. One thing I said, I never, ever, 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 ever wanted to do or be was a pastor. Ever. With a capital E. Ever. I said, never, ever. My wife will tell you, I was ever, ever. What I, I love being saved. I love ministering the gospel. But I would never, ever want the task of being a pastor. And I was very glad just being saved, doing my assignment. And man, when God has his sense of humor. I like to go into churches, hit them, boom, 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 and leave. Being an evangelist is great. You got your best messages. You can keep them. You know, not everybody's heard them. You, you know, you get, your rotation is low. You know, you boom, boom, boom. I'll see y'all next year. That's it. But when you got a pastor, you got to take people on a journey. 
They gotta, you gotta be with them through the highs and through the lows and through the pain and through the crying. I'm like, Lord, different story. And I saw some of the pain that my grandparents went through starting a church, passing a church, very painful. And I said, I will never do that. Man, my will was at conflict with his will. Thy will be done is right. <laughs> right? God, I mean, I mean, Paul had this conflict going on. Right? I mean, man, there, there was something going on. He said, verse 23, uh, but I see a different law and rule of action in the members of my body. In its appetites and desires, waging war against the law of my mind and subduing me and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is within my members. He says, uh, there's something going on here. He says, the word of God has recreated my mindsets. He says, but then there is the law of sin, which is trying to change my results. He said, the word of God is working in me. He said, but now there's a, there's a war going on. And it's trying to make me a prisoner of the things of the world. And that's what the enemy comes to do. Make us a prisoner to his things. It's, it messes with, he says, Rachel walking my mind, subduing and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is within my body. He said, there's a war going on. There's something happening here. My will, his will, the will, the enemy has a will. Everybody has his will for me. He says, Lord, I, I, I just want to do, I, I'm just trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing. And, and there are some seasons where you're like, Lord, I, I just need to be still. Those are the seasons you need to just be still. You can't be everywhere. Sometimes you just got to stay still and let God just bring peace into your spirit. Let God just bring tranquility into your spirit so that you can be still and hear with clarity the direction that God has you to go into. But man, when God's will invades your will, he starts tearing stuff up. He starts tearing relationships up. Come on. He tears, because what is he doing? He's saying, okay, you say, God, I'm yours. He says, great. Now I got to work on that thing called your will. Because your will is in my way right now. I mean, I have all this great stuff for you, but your will that will is strong. The will is strong. And guess what? God can't go against your will. But he can put you in a situation that can work with your will. Oh, yeah. He did that to Jonah. He couldn't make Jonah do anything. But he put Jonah in a situation that changed his mind. God is great at changing your mind. He can't make you do anything, but he knows how to pull some things that you've been leaning on away from you in order to get you to see, oh, come on, come on. I'm almost done. In order to get you to see his way and his will, God knows how to rearrange some things and move some things out of the way. Why? Because his will has to now work on your mind. Okay, look at the scripture. Two more scriptures and we're done. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 4. He says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus, Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it a robbery to be with God. He said the mind of Christ is the mind that God wants to have in you. Get that old mindset out. Come on. The old way of thinking that was shaped by society, could be shaped by how you were brought up, 
you know, well, my uncle was a fighter. My uncle's uncle was a fighter. And if you mess with us, we all going to fight you. That, that, that's not. I got two more scriptures. I'm almost done. That's not the mind of Christ. You cut me, I'm going to cut you. You know what I mean? That's, that's not the mind of Christ. Come on. That's not, that, that's not the mind of Christ. Watch this. The enemy always wants to redefine the principles and the laws that Christ has put in place to have you succeed. That's his job. That's what he wants to do. He says, but that mind is in Christ. I love it because you know what? Uh, society will never change as long as trees have been around thousands of years. A tree has always been a tree. Thousands of years, the sun has always been the sun. Thousands of years, the moon has always been the moon. But when it comes to living according to the principles of the word of God, they want to change it. Let that mind be in Christ, which is also in you. His word does not change. Look at the scripture real quick in the book of Romans. I love this. It's about the will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. Right? But continuously. Okay, I love that. I, I underlined that. Right? Because transformation is not a one-service event. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's relief, right? Because, man, I'll be messed up if it was. Uh, I've, been enough, I've been enough services. I should be, like, walking on clouds by now. But watch this. He says, but, but transformation, uh, uh, Brother Ed, uh, is, is, is continuously. That's why you got to make sure you're in service. That's why we got to make sure you're in the word. That's why I make sure you have prayer because you're not transformed just by the sinner's prayer. It is a continuously. That's why he says you are saved by faith. You are saved by faith. You are saved by faith so that when that day happens, your faith and the results of your faith will take action when Jesus comes. That makes sense? Come on, that's the... Huh? So I, I had to stay in faith, stay in the faith, so that when Jesus crashed that sky, my faith and what I've been believing for can meet, and I can be caught up with him. Gosh. So don't let people pull you out of the faith. It's not once saved, always saved. That's the new thing going around now. Once saved, always saved. In that case, let's all go out to drink at the church. Let's, let's all go do what we want to do, right? There is a, uh, people do backslide, but the Bible says he's married to the backslider. He's married to them. His arms are standing there open wide. There's a process. You are continuously being transformed by the renewing, oh, there goes that mind, of your mind. The renewing of your mind. The old mindset, the old thought process has to die in order for God to find room in you so that you may be able to determine, here it goes, why do you have to be continually transformed? Why does your mind have to be renewed? So that you may able to be determined what God's will is. You can't, your old mindset can't identify the will of God. That's what it says. Your old mindset so you ever spoke to somebody and they just all twist it up? They can take the word and just twist it. And they'll make their own doctrine. And they move this scripture over. <laughs> I mean, it's like they're in the kitchen. They just cook it up their own doctrine. 
I'm going to throw a little Ephesians. I'm going to throw a little Colossians. I'm going to throw a little 1 Corinthians in. And I got my own doctrine. That's that old mindset trying to make sense out of the will of God. It can't happen. It can't happen that you may be able to determine. So he says your transformation allows you to determine what the will of God is. Because the will of God will not always make sense to your natural mind. Come on. Some of you driving here from Jersey, you're in Philly. There's plenty of churches in Jersey. But the will of God, come on, the will of God is that you're here. That you be here. Right? We, we all have that thing that don't make sense to our natural. But guess what? Because of renewed mind and we're continuing to renew our minds, we can identify what is God's will. And God's will, Lisa, does not always look, doesn't always have whipped cream in a, <laughs> in a cherry on top. No, 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 no. God's will doesn't always look that great. Sometimes we're like, that can't be God's will. All right, I got one more scripture. We done. I, I mean, have you ever seen anything? Uh, Mother Beverly said, that, that can't be. I'm a child of God. That can't be. That can't be God's will for me. Not me. Yeah, yeah. That's your will. That, that's what he wants. That right there. That is for you. Yeah, all that hard work, that's for you. That's all you right there. I mean, God is great, right? But guess what? I have a peace. Why? Because my renewed mind that's constantly being transformed is able to identify the will of God. Oh, man, if you don't get nothing else, if you get this, God's will is what? Three things. Write these three words down. God's will is what's proper, pleasing, and perfect. We speak of the will of God. We're talking about God's will for you is proper, it's pleasing, and it's perfect faith. It's perfect. It's just no flaws in his will. So it's important that you're able to identify it, right? Does that make sense? Because what's proper, pleasing, and what's perfect, we have to be able to do that. All right, can I give you one more scripture? Are we done? You're going to be so filled with purpose when you leave here. You're gonna be you're gonna be purpose pregnant. I mean, you just you just purpose. <laughs> you're gonna be purpose pregnant, Jackie. Just ready. I'm ready to do everything God got for me, right? Why? Because He says, "Listen, that that mind though, get get that mindset out of the way, man. Th this mind is a trip. I mean, has your mind ever just took you on a trip? I mean, just tripped you out? You ain't been on drugs and you tripping out. I mean." Your mind can just trip you out. You know, and, and that, that's, that's what happens is when people that carry the spirit of offense, you know, sometimes people that carry the spirit, everybody just offends them. I mean, I, I remember I, there was this gentleman that I had met, and I actually wrote about this in my book. His name was Charlie. And, man, Charlie just, everything was negative with Charlie. No matter what happened to Charlie, everything he saw in a negative light. And, and he complained about everything. If it was sunny, it was too bright. If it was raining, it was too wet. It was just, you know, if it was Christmas, it should be on a Thursday instead of a Friday. I mean, there was nothing, nothing, nothing that, that was in Charlie's life that was, that was happy. And because he complained about everything, his mindset was like that, bad things always happened to him. 
I mean, he he got mugged more times than I can count. He, I mean, just he was broke, ne always never had anything. Charlie was just a nightmare because his mindset created his atmosphere. And he saw everything through the lens of his broken mindsets. Gosh. He saw everything through the lens of his broken mindset. So watch this. He says, hey, that old way, how you used to think, the world formed that. Your, 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 your broken heart formed that. Saw some bad things happen. But I can't let those bad things form my mind. Does that, does that make sense? Uh, well, 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 pastor, you don't know. I was abused when I was young. I get it. Horrible. And God will heal you from those hurts. But don't let that define and shape your mind. Come on, come on. Don't, don't let don't, don't, don't let it. You, well, you don't know, Pastor. I've been, I, I get it. We, we have all, if I gave the mic to everybody, we all got some stories that will just make us all just rip our hearts out. But we can't let those define or shape our minds. He said the only mind we ought to have is the mind that was in Christ Jesus. Continuously be transformed. Continuously, 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 every day. Every day. Watch this. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to read our last scripture. You will only hear the scriptures of the revelation that is being released in this place on the level of the capacity that your mind has been transformed. Come on. Selah. Selah in the bottom means just let that sit right there for a minute. You will only be able to receive the level of revelation that is being released in this place to the point that your mind has been transformed. So if you have little transformation, <laughs> your, your mindset doesn't have the capacity to receive the fullness or the depths of a revelation that's being released in the room. If I'm having a conversation with an astrophysicist, I am lost. <laughs> I am lost. I, there's nothing that an astrophysicist or engineer Fred can say to me that I will understand. Nothing. Right? He's an engineer, but nothing. Uh, me, on the other hand, if you want to talk ministry, you want to talk business, we can go deep structure, all that stuff. Uh, I, I can have, but certain topics, why? Because my mind ha has not been exposed or, or trained or transformed to understand that language. And when you spend time in prayer with God, he renews your mind to understand different languages. God, you got to get this here today. That's why you got to get away from people who are trying to take you back to your old language. I can't. We can't. I don't have. I don't have enough. I'm sick to death. I'm dying to death. You kill me. Death words. Death words. Come on. Death words. I'm going to die early like my mother did. I'm going to do this. I, diabetes running my family. Death words. Death words. Everybody got cancer. Death words. You are born again. You got new blood running through your veins. You are a child of God. Yeah. I go to the doctor and say, you got diabetes in your family? No. Nope. You got cancer in your family? No. Nope. Nothing. I got the blood of Jesus running through my veins. Now, on the natural side, every one of my uncles from my father back got, had diabetes. Four of them died. But guess what? I don't have diabetes because that ain't my blood. The blood of Jesus is running through my veins. Come on, come on. 
I, I, I have news. I, I, this is too much for some of you. I know. See, here we go. That's that revelation that your untransformed mind can't digest. All right, we only, I'm going to leave that right there. That, 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 see, I, saw, I lost half of y'all right there. Half the churches went like, okay, he's out there too much for me. All right, let's, at least I'm going to reel it on back in. Y'all ain't ready for that. I'm going to reel that on back. See, but I'm going to get y'all faith so strong. So what I'm saying, you're going to be able to amen it because you're going to say, you know what? I received that. See, because my, my old mindset told me that genetically I'm all messed up. Yeah, yeah but, but, but when I'm born again, that's, don't you understand? Born again? Born, I mean, listen to it. Born again. What are you born into? Right? Last scripture, for real. Uh, Habakkuk 2 and 3. I don't live in the Bible, and we're going to pray. Bible, and he says this, do not, did I, oh, I didn't, did I tap it? Here we go. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. <laughs> yeah, we use this for church, but for your own lives. The vision for your life, what God has for you to do. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Do you see that? They will not be overdue a single day if you stay in faith. If you keep doing the right thing. Don't get tired. You hold your Bibles of doing what's right. Don't get weary of doing what's right. Right? There's some revelations that I can't teach every church. There's some I can't even teach here. But some churches, depending on the spiritual growth and maturity, man, I can go all the way in. And they can digest that. But I want to get RCC to the place where you can digest spiritual things. And it changes your life. I mean, <clears throat> think about it. How crazy does it seem that you said a sinner's prayer and you're saved? I mean, now it's so common because you've been saved so long, you're all deep in everything. But, I mean, to the, to, the, to the sinner man, think about that. Michael, does that make any sense? I confess Jesus Christ is Lord out of my mouth and all my sins are forgiven. Think about that to the natural mind. Your natural mind is saying, like, really? I mean, how foolish does that sound, right? But you, when you're saved, saved, now it just, it's, just, it's our language now. It just makes sense. <laughs> so what I'm saying is you got to change your language. And so everything in this book from Genesis to Revelation makes sense. There's some things we can't grab because we're not talking that language. And we can't grasp the purpose or identify the will of God with an untransformed, unregenerated mind. The Bible says that mind is an enemy to God. But it says it's an enemy. To, now think about that. That mindset, that unregenerated mindset is an enemy. It hates the things of God. Because the things of God are designed to bring you into your purpose. It hates that. It can't stand the things of God. But I want to get that mindset so shaped according to the word of God. That you say, hey, not, not that Pastor Andre said it, but I can take you to the word and the word said it. That's why I give you so many scriptures. So you won't say, well, Pastor, because you can't tell it. When you're in battle, you can't say in the name of Pastor Andre. No, no, in the name of Jesus and you got to go to that word and be able to find it in that word. Come on. 
got to find it in that word. I want you to put your Bibles down and jump to your feet quickly, but longer than I anticipated. Stand to your feet. Listen, we want to pull you into purpose. Pull you into your assignment. Get you ready to become everything that God has called you to become. That this season that you're about to embark on will be a season that you will walk in divine purpose and the things of God will no longer be out of your reach. Come on. But you'll be able to walk into everything that God has called you to walk into. God did not save you to walk into half of his promises, but he saved you to walk into all of his promises. Can I say that again? God did not save you to walk into half of his promises. He saved you to walk into all of his promises. All of his promises are yea and amen. So my heart as a pastor is to make sure that there's no separation between the Sunday you and the Monday you. Man, that, that, that's, that's my heart right there. Because the Sunday us, let's be real, and the Monday, Tuesday us, two totally different peoples most of the time. And if I can merge Jesus Christ, Jesus was not, Christ was not his last name. Jesus was the name that was given to him, but Christ was his office. Christ, the anointed one. Am I, am I talking right? Jesus Christ, but he became so intertwined with his purpose that he became known as Jesus Christ. Mary's last name wasn't Christ, and Joseph's last name was Christ. That's his last name. Christ represented his office, his authority. Come on, and who he's supposed to be. It got to the point, watch this, where the enemy could not tell the difference between the Jesus and Christ. When they saw him, they, all, they saw one. He was all in his purpose. He was always dressed in his priestly garments. Come on, in the spirit. He always had it on. He was always ready to cast out devils. <laughs> Not just on Sundays. If Jesus was on the G train, the F train, he'd be ready to cast him out on the F train. Didn't make a difference, right? Because he was always ready. He was intertwined. And I want you to be intertwined with your purpose. Intertwined with being a Christian. Where it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and definitely on Saturday. Praise the Lord. Definitely Saturdays. Saturday nights, you're definitely saved. Intertwined. So I want you to just lift those hands. Just ask God for a moment. Just put your heart out there and just ask God to give you the will and the desire to serve him. The will and the desire to walk according to his word. To continue doing the right thing, even when it seems like it's difficult to do. Even when you get tired and weary of continuing to do the right thing. God, give me the inner strength to continue to make right decisions. To be consistent with my walk with you. To not let my old mindset shape how I walk with you. Come on. My, my bad experiences, I don't want that to be the catalyst to shape how I walk with you. I, I, I don't want my, my, my unkingdom examples to be the examples that I use to walk with you. But God, help me to only look at Jesus Christ as my example. 
For that mind that was in Christ, let it also now be in me. Let it be in me. Let it be in me. Come on. Lay your hands on your head and say, I receive the mind of Christ. Come on, you don't, you don't need me to lay hands on you today. You, you got your own authority. You got power. Come on, put your hand on your mind. I receive the mind of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Not my will, but 